Autobots Transform. Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. John! And today is episode 29 of Transformers Cybertron. It is Starscream. This episode was written by Hiro Masaki in the last time on Transformers Cybertron. Wing ding! And in this episode, the kids are helping Scattershot, Red Alert, and Hotshot travel to Cybertron through, like, what do they call them? Temporal storms caused by the black hole, which is not science. No, it isn't. And also not science. The way they solve that problem is by drawing another line on the screen again, which <laughs> extends God. the space bridge. But now over at Starscream's place, Wingding transforms and strafes around Megatron when all he had to do was move a foot left or right and he'd have actually hit him. Like it, it does that thing where the bullets go down either side of Megatron. Yeah, it, it's so overdone. I mean, and not just in Transformers. That's in so many dumb movies, but it's in everything. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, they're all fighting on Starscream's Island and um, Wingding or Megatron transforms into his jet mode. And he attacks Wingding and there's a neat bit where Wingding like flies up in the sun. Megatron assumes he's running away, yeah. but he just uses that to blind Megatron and then comes back down firing all lasers. It manages to land a hit. And then I guess Mudflap was ready for this because he's like, no, you flew right into my trap. And he just <laughs> smashes Wingding as he flies past him. And Megatron uses his cyber key and goes to punch him. But Evac knocks his hand back with his grappling cable, I guess. It just falls on him. Yeah, and then they start, like Evac and uh, Mudflap, they start fighting. Uh, there's a lot of just action, action, action in this episode uh, because we go to Jetfire, who's fighting Thunderblast, who now has a much deeper voice. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I think either Cher or B. Arthur came in to <laughs> yes, do the she's voice. she's very Cher. <laughs> yeah. But Thundercracker mocks her for... Uh, like, oh, sorry, she misses because Jetfire uses his wind blast attack and all the missiles fly off one way. Thundercracker's like, ah, you can't hit the broadside of a burn or whatever he says. And then she fires at Jetfire and both of their, or Jetfire fires at her and both their missiles go kind of sideways and they both blast into Thundercracker. Well, yeah, because he has this comment about how they both need target practice. And then when that happens, he's like, well, I didn't mean target practice on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we go to uh, the motorcycle and Ransack, I guess the two motorcycles, who Ransack calls one of Starscream's guys. Yeah, he's like, uh, shouldn't you be out there fighting? But he's like, no, man, the scene's got too heavy for me, man. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so they both just right. sit there. But yeah, the, the only thing missing here was one of them passing the joint to the other, because yes. they're both just kind of sitting there watching. <laughs> so we then go to Optimus, Vector Prime, and Leo Breaker, and they confront sideways. I, I like. I wish they would just all realize the dude's a Decepticon. I know he says, I'm working for myself. He's a fucking Decepticon. Um, but yeah, he's like, I'm working for myself. And then he starts to do that fancy, crazy teleport thing. Well, yeah, he uses his cyber key to deal with these clowns and he's zipping and zapping around. And it's a very brief shot. But Safeguard jumps off of Vector Prime and lands on Sideways' back, which Optimus explains while he and Leo Breaker burn a solid minute. I timed screen time combining. <laughs> but the way Optimus explains it. It's like he's telling this as a story like 10 years from then. It's like, yeah. and that was the time that Safeguard <laughs> jumped off and Picture landed this, on Picture Starscream's him. Island, <laughs> 1922. Safeguard goes on the... Talking to Golden Girls and B. Arthur. I guess that was her mom, though. But the thing that made me laugh was that they cut to... Um, uh, not Sideways, but Safeguard, who's on Sideways' back, and he's hugging on to him like a baby koala hugs its mother's <laughs> tummy, but he's on his back, and Sideways doesn't notice he's there. Well, yeah, and also, how when... 
sideways teleports is safeguard going with him. It's kind of like in Back to the Future. How come everything in the DeLorean goes with the DeLorean when it goes through time? Anyway, the, the rules don't make sense. They make no but sense. But either way, when every time sideways reappears, Vector Prime immediately knows where he is because he can track safeguard. And he's like, he's over there. And then Optimus just turns and shoots him. Yeah, eventually blasts him out of the air. Uh, and just in time for us to cut back to the Cybertron team. Oh, boy, this was dumb. Uh, so they're driving on their space uh, Super Dave Osborne bridge through, I guess, space. But every once in a while, it cuts to them. And it looks like they're just driving on, like, a lunar surface. Yeah. But they run into asteroids or meteors or whatever. And Well, Red Alert even says it's debris from planets that were destroyed by the black hole, which explains why they're flying away from where the black hole is instead of into <laughs> it because <laughs> yeah. gravity, and that's how the fucking things work. But anyway, the Autobots cyberkey up and start blasting these meteors, I think they call them. But when one of them explodes, some kind of gel or... Goo lands on Hot Shot's windshield, and now he can't see. Yeah, he slimed me. He gets me. slimed. Yeah, he slimed me. It's a, it's like a Nickelodeon show or the Ghostbusters. And then conveniently, Jolt has like a video game driver's seat that Kobe can use to drive Hot Shot. But if Hot Shot can't see because the slimes on his you know optic sensors, what's Kobe <laughs> seeing through? That's a good point. I just have it down now that controls come out of the wall, and now Kobe's playing pole position. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but also. The, the amount of time they take to explain that Kobe can do this, Hotshot could have just transformed and wiped it off with his hands, right? Oh, boy. So, um, Evac and Wingding, we go back to the Volcano Island. Evac and Wingding, they get taken down by Megatron. And uh, Landmines, he has this bit where he's trying to talk sense into Mudflap of like, hey, our planet's going to, you know, you're a Transformer. Don't you, aren't you worried that Cybertron's going to be destroyed? Yeah, and you can tell now that Mudflap is starting to... I don't know, mentally wrestle with this, his choices. Like, do I really want to be a Decepticon? Maybe, maybe there's something to what Landmine is saying. Yeah. And Mudflap, like since the beginning, like he was not a Decepticon to start with. Starscream kind of talked him into the cause and then he ends up with Megatron. So if there was one Decepticon that was going to get swayed, it's Mudflap. I kind of like that. But we go back to Optimus, who attacks Scourge with his Savage Claw mode, and he has a fun line. He says, it's time to play a dirge for Scourge. Yeah, I did like that. I also like how nobody is announcing that they're using their cyber key power in this one. Yes, like Even, even though everyone's happens. doing it, they're not saying it while they're doing it. But yeah, he does his green glowy floating smash attack that takes a second to kick in. And back outside, Megatron's had enough of the Autobots for one day. He's like, I got to get back in there. He transforms and starts flying back towards the volcano and evac tries to follow him but mudflap just ramps up and smashes him one and again landmine's like what are you doing man you're betraying your own planet and again he's just like oh just shut up <laughs> i got to do what i got to do huh but we go to starscream who's inside the cavern and despite getting shot down sideways is now with him yes. and sideways is like hey dude megatron's coming and starscream's like breathe motherfucker I just thought it'd be funny when Sideways teleported in if Optimus still shot him. It's like that that just kept going on for like the next like seven episodes. Well, we're still doing this, but yeah. Sideways and also, where's a, a safeguard? Is yeah, safeguard with him now or is he back point. with Vector Prime? Doesn't matter. But either way, Sideways isn't going to stick around for this. He disappears and Starscream keeps charging up, I guess. But it starts shaking things and then the volcano starts to erupt or the volcano starts to erupt and that's what's shaking things. Whatever's the cause mm-hmm. and the effect, I don't know. Chicken, egg, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, now, I, okay, I don't, I couldn't tell, Paul, but our Vector Prime, because Vector Prime and Optimus are confronting Megatron and Scourge, are they inside the volcano at this point? Well, the way that it kind of transitions there, it looks like they're 
Because uh, Optimus says, what's that? And then it shows the outside of the volcano, right? So you'd think, okay, they're looking at it. But no, they were just inside. Well, what I have down here is because Optimus is my parents' cat, he says they need to get back inside to where they just were to save the Omega Lock from being destroyed, which also we've been told before the Omega Lock is not easy to destroy. What's the big hurry, right? Yeah, I, I the motivations in this episode are all over the place. Um, and if that wasn't dumb enough for you, we go back to Energon's stupidity because the volcano explodes and Starscream becomes giant. Yep, and commercial break. And when we come back, Scourge has a comment that he thought Starscream was shorter. And then a giant crown appears, which Starscream puts on. And is this the same crown as the one in the movie? It's Yeah. Yeah, it's his coronation crown. It's the like in the coronation star screen we gave away in the 500th. That's the crown. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's kind of a neat reference there. But... Ransack and Crumple Zone, Crumple Zone's here now, they try ramping up to smash Starscream one, but they just bounce off him harmlessly, and then they're immediately like, hey, wait, we're on your side. And like, then why did you attack him? Yeah, well, you just... Uh. So then Megatron just flies in front of Starscream or floats in front of him and he berates him for being a wannabe. He says, you think you're the king, but you're the king of fools. Not a great line. But then Megatron glows blue and Starscream glows yellow. And I don't know what's going on. It does seem we're doing this an awful lot lately, though, this glowing bit. And Optimus explains it as their Energon power. So at least they're giving it a name. And there's a brief shot of Vector Prime something. back inside the yeah, back inside the volcano and he's trapped under 80 tons of rock and his sword is trapped under one too and he can't reach his sword to warp himself out and it kind of reminded me of like the nintendo wii when that was first came out remember the wrist strap that used to be on the wiimote he needs one of those on a sword so he stops dropping it yeah he needs something because he's dropped it a few times and it's like the source of all his power it's like he-man's sword he-man at least has a sheath <laughs> but we go to scourge who's now that I don't know why, but he's concerned that Megatron and Starscream's power together will destroy the Earth. Like, why do you care about the Earth? And Thundercracker, he's had enough for one day. He starts to fly off, but then Crumplezone and Ransack just jump up out of nowhere onto his back. And Crumplezone has this line like, hey, this is just like a pony ride, only different. Yeah, which I guess kind of in the loosest of senses. But (laughs) then uh, is this, oh yeah, Scourge then is like, hey, Thundercracker, actually I'm telling you that you're going to be the first line of attack or something. And he goes through a bunch of movements. I think he cyber keys and then he's suddenly just on top of Thundercracker along with the other two. Well, yeah, and then they all, I think, use their cyber key powers and they blasted Starscream. Did you notice when they do that, though? It shows Thundercracker uses cyber key and there's nobody on his back. But yeah, they all fire at Starscream and it doesn't do a damn thing and he swats them away. And I thought it was Thundercracker at first here, but it's Jetfire. He just comes out of nowhere and smashes into Megatron, knocking him down to the ground. Yeah, and then the other Autobots are like, ah, he's down. So they all run up and like grab him and they're holding Megatron to the ground. I don't know, whatever. But the others who aren't holding Megatron attack Starscream to, quote, keep the pressure on him, and then everyone grunts loudly. Well, yeah, they're just pushing on him. That's all they're doing, which eventually causes Starscream to start backing up, and I thought, oh, great, here we go. They're going to push the giant robot that can fly off a cliff to his doom, but no, he just backs up and stops glowing. So we go back to the kids who tell the Autobots about Vector Prime, so Wingding right away flies into the volcano and saves him, and conveniently, I don't know how he did it, but Vector Prime now has the Omega Key. Well, yeah, he's like, uh, no, I'm just fine, everything's fine, and by the way, this is fine, too, and now Thunder 
Thunder Blast is here. She's like, yeah, I'll take that, boys. And starts shooting at them. She actually shoots at them with, quote, a rocket launcher that doubles as an even bigger rocket. Sorry. A rocket launcher that doubles as an <laughs> even bigger rocket launcher. Yeah, because she has all these stupid lines about her accessories. And I think at one point, uh, Wang Ding is like, shouldn't you be at the mall shopping? Like, there's all these really stupid lines yeah they're they're not i'm not gonna say they're misogynistic but they're like they're just borderline cliche and kind of sexist yeah and, okay and i have a question for you paul can thunder blast fly i'm pretty sure she can fly right well she's a decepticon so doesn't that mean she can fly or uh, be then again but, like, we've, we've seen, seen her flying around yeah that's a good point now that you mention it but yeah got, but crumples on a ransack you don't see them but then again they're from velocitron aren't they so I don't know. Well, the reason I bring it up is that they, the uh, the two Autobots, they leave and they leave her like, quote, trapped inside. And she's like, hey, help me, but just fly away. Yeah, they get back outside and they stop and they transform right in front of Starscream and explain that they have the Omega Lock and the three keys and that they need to go to Cybertron to stop the black hole. So your only hope is that he's not listening. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, well we're going to go back to Cybertron now. Or actually not back, but we go to Cybertron when the Cybertron act whatever that team is hot shot red alert and uh, scattershot they arrive in cybertron to witness the scrap metals is what they call them who are eating the planet and this is way it's all these tiny little decepticons yeah and it's way too late to introduce this plot element and i have no idea what these things are or what kind of threat they actually pose it's just like oh hey it's a bunch of spiders eating the planet i guess (laughs) yeah and there's millions of them and only three autobots but never tell hotshot the odds the autobots cyber key and start because he can't count But there's just too many of them. So they start fighting and they're blasting. Yeah, they get, like, as you said, there's too many. They get swamped with a bunch of these scrap metals. And the kids tell Optimus about these things. And Optimus says, okay, I'll try to help them. How? Yeah, you're on another planet light years away. Like... What are you going to do? Just give them moral support over the radio? Well, I guess it doesn't matter because then Starscream's fist comes out of nowhere and he just punches Optimus into the ground and we end on a very colorful freeze frame. Three episodes in and this guy still doesn't have a name, but Motorcycle Decepticon guy thinks this scene's gotten too heavy, man, so he's just going to sit there and watch. All right fine. There's plenty of non-combatant Transformers in this show. Cars, streetlights, trash cans. But they're all Autobots. And yes, we have seen Decepticons before in other series that were mostly, but not entirely, non-combatants. Shockwave and G1 mostly just kind of stood there. Soundwave and Prime, he hardly ever got in a fight. The one that really came to mind was Dr. Go and GoBots, if he counts. But this guy is deliberately choosing not to fight. Sure, he used to be a monster that came to Earth to scare humans, but maybe fighting was never his thing, and everyone has a line in the sand. So why doesn't he just pack up and go? Go hang out with the Autobot motorcycle out in the desert or turn into a streetlight or something. It's not like Starscream's taking attendance. He has thousands of these guys and none of them besides Thunderblast have names. Never mind how long it'd take. It'd be fucking chaos doing roll call every morning. All right, red guy that looks like he turns into a jet. You hear? Okay. Other red guy that turns into a jet? No, not you. Your other, other red guy that turns into a jet. Wait, your turn. Oh, wait. Other, other red guy does come before other red guy alphabetically. You're right. Touche. This is ridiculous. All right. Everyone gets a number. Here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Dip Pickers podcast show. We just reviewed Starscream. Paul, what was Screamable about this? Yeah. What did you like? Action, action, action. There was, there was that. It was a lot. A lot of talking, though. Like, there's hardly any 
quiet time in this, you know what I mean? Yeah, especially that bit you were talking about how, like, Optimus starts to narrate, like, <laughs> yes. that, um, whatever the Minicon, Vector Prime's Minicon was on sideways, as if it had, like, he's telling this story around a campfire years later. So all it needs is, like, the guitar music going, like, ding, ding, ding. I remember <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did like that line, it's time to play a dirge for Scourge. That was clever. And I liked how Jetfire used the sun to blind Megatron and it, when he flipped back and attacked him again. Yeah, just flew back out of it where you can't see him. Yeah, I know we talk about what we liked here, what we didn't like, so I'm not going to say much more. Like, the size stuff with Starscream, there's a lot I didn't like. Uh, it's not a great episode, but there's some brief moments I got a kick out of. Yeah, a little bit. The next episode Paul and I are going to review is United. If you want to stand with us, you can email the show. Uh, right, United we stand, divided we fall. Uh, whatever. Transformers at gmail.com. Make sure you rate and review us in your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. You can tell them that they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com. And until the next episode, keep on transforming. See you later. position.